Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have a few questions I want to dive into. But first, before I do that, I just have a few ways you can help support the podcast. If you're sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks that we figure out outside of the training and nutrition protocol that are keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. So if you're interested in finding out more about this, you can fill out the link in the show notes or reach out to me on Instagram and we can chat about this in more detail. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consult, one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. Again, the link to that is in the show notes. If you want to learn more about body recomp, I have my 75-minute masterclass on body recomp, what it is, how to do it, and you can find the link to that in the show notes. Next, I have if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's where I'm most active on social media and post the most content. You can find me at Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. And again, reach out to me and let me know if you have any questions there. Again, I'm most active on that. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find it. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's question. First question I got was how to know you're ready to exit maintenance and transition to a builder cut. I think this is a great question. I really uh, like this one. So first I want to go over... What so maintenance? I, I feel like there's a few things that we need to dive into here with this. A lot of time to hear people like just talk about maintenance. Oh, I'm at maintenance. I've been at maintenance for a while. I think first is getting away from this confusion of if you're at maintenance calories, that means you're like maintaining and your things aren't changing. I think that's a, a misconception with maintenance, right? So I think that what, what are you doing here? Is this maintenance like calories that you're just at? Is it more of a diet break or is it like a maintenance phase where you're just like not really focused on trying to do anything? You're just maintaining where you're at. I think that's the first thing here. Typically how I'll do this is if we're having, if we break up a fat loss phase and we do a fat loss phase and then we get a, go away from a fat loss phase for a little bit and then go back into a fat loss phase, that time in between would be like a diet break, right? Just an ex- extended diet break. You would call it ma- maintenance, whatever you want to call it. If it's longer, to me, if it's longer than like six to eight weeks and you're still trying to build some muscle, things like that, it's probably more of a building phase versus it being a maintenance, right? And remember what I'm going over here is just semantics. This is just wording. And I just want to make sure that people are on the same page here with everything. And again, if it, it, but if it's like, hey, you're going to take a four to four, six, eight weeks, and it's just, hey, you're you're doing this in between a fat loss phase, you could probably consider that more of a diet break. Um, and that was the, what the question went off of there on that. Determining ahead of time, what is your goal here of this phase? Is it to just take a break from a fat loss phase for whatever? Again, and you can call that a diet break. Is it to again taking a break in terms of like, all right, you have a fat loss phase, then you have maintenance, and then you go back to fat loss phase in between. Or are you just taking a break so that way you can push it a little? Like you want to get, you still want to continue to get a little bit leaner. Um, or is it like, hey, I got as lean as I want now. I'm ready to like really build some muscle and uh, focus on you know improving my training performance, etc. But I'm at maintenance, right? Calories, maintenance, calories, because you might be somebody that can get away with that at that period of time. So I think figuring that out ahead of time is going to be key. Figuring out what your goal is of that this period of time in between fat loss phase, or if you're going into a building phase, 
right? Because you can also do a fat loss phase maintenance and then go to building if you want to. Again, I don't think you're going to need to do that. And we'll talk about this here in a minute, but really, I think the only time you would ever necessarily need to know if you're ready to go into either a cut or a build would be more so back into a cut. Because I think with the building phase, it's if, if you're going from say fat loss to now you want to try to maintain that fat loss for a little bit, um, as lean as you are, then that would really be the only time that you would ever do maintenance before going into a building phase. Otherwise, if you're at a fat loss if you finish your fat loss phase and you are ready to start adding on some more muscle and focusing on that, then you could just get back. You could stay at maintenance and build muscle there again, depending on where you're at, or you could go into a, a surplus with that right away. You don't necessarily have to have this period of time in between that you have to figure out, oh, am I ready for it or, or not? You can just go straight into it right now where you would need to make sure you're ready to go back to, to change from maintenance would be back into a deficit. So this is where we're going to spend most of our, our time here talking about today is you did a fat loss phase. Now you're taking a diet break. Maybe you're at maintenance in terms of your building, whatever it may be. And now it's, Hey, when do I go back into a fat loss phase? So again, to backtrack one more time, I apologize. The only time you would really do this would probably be for a diet break, right? Where you would need to make sure you're ready to go back into it. Because I think if you're doing a building phase, it's going to be long enough to where you should be good to go um, afterwards. Right? So again, this is really just going to be uh, a phase of time in between one fat loss phase in your next uh, that you would want to make sure you're ready to go. Okay. Again, let's say, so we're, we're trying to see if we're ready to go back into a cut. What are some things we're looking for here? So again, you're, we're going to make sure you're not showing many slash any signs of diet fatigue and ideally you'd be showing none, right? So what would be diet fatigue? So super high hunger levels and like high cravings. Okay. So if you're still experiencing those, you're still feeling like you are just ravenously hungry. You, you want to continue to just eat super tasty food. That might you, that's probably a sign that you need to continue to stay at maintenance for a little bit longer um, and stay out of a deficit. Again, you have low energy. You're still just feeling like lethargic, not really feeling great. That again, another sign that you want to stay at maintenance, your maintenance calories before you go back into a calorie deficit. Because again, you would imagine if you go back into a calorie deficit, it's like you're going to be bringing in less food again, and that's just going to uh, exacerbate these low energy issues. Look at your things like your if your menstrual cycle is off, say you're a female and towards the end of your fat loss phase, maybe your periods were getting spread out a little bit longer. There were some irregularities there. That would be a sign that you would want to continue to stay at maintenance and avoid a deficit at that point. Low libido, if you're, again, maybe before your fat loss phase, you were feeling frisky uh, pretty regularly, then you get into a fat loss phase and like towards the end, it was like, oh man, I definitely went down now that I think about it. And if you still feel that way, again, a sign that you probably need to continue to be at maintenance for a little bit longer there at that, at that point. Training performance is still suffering. That would be another sign that would be like, hey, you probably want to stay at maintenance a little bit longer. It's just your body telling you that it, it needs to recover a little bit longer. So those would be the, the big things that I'm really looking at there to be like, all right, hey, if you're, if these are good, now we can go into that next fat loss phase. Now, the only time that you would not do this is if you have some sort of like deadline that you have to meet for getting to a certain level of leanness. So if you're getting ready for an important photo shoot, if it's just a photo shoot that you want to do because you just want to do it and see how lean you can get again, that to me, that wouldn't be something that you would need to like push through your and making your health worse. But if you're doing like a bodybuilding competition that you really are, that again, most of these are, it's okay. Even if you're trying to do a bodybuilding competition, is it worth pushing through these things? Again, it may be for you. You have to decide that. But if you're just doing general for the general population, you just want to get leaner. To me, there's no, there would be no point to push through these things to be like, oh, I got to go back into a, a deficit at this point. Take some time to maintain, let your body heal, and then you can come back to 
focusing on getting leaner or dropping some more body fat and getting back into a fat loss phase. Yeah, we you really don't want to push through that um, at, at that point. If you're feeling like, hey, I'm ready to get back into a fat loss phase, um, my hunger's fine, I'm mentally, mo- mentally I'm ready to go, that would be another thing I'd look at is if you talk about fat loss and you're like, oh man, I really don't want to do that again. Again, probably a sign that you need to, to take a break from it. If you're feeling good, mentally you're ready, your menstrual cycle's back, libido-wise, you're feeling frisky as normal, energy's back. Again, you're not like always thinking about food, everything. You know how it is when you're in a fat loss phase. It's like everything just sounds a lot better. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with an appetite, but and I think there is going to be a little bit of that. But again, if you're at the point where you just are wanting to eat anything and everything, a sign that you need to take a break from fat loss dieting um, and stay at, at maintenance. But if you're not displaying those things, then you should be good to go at that point. I guess it probably is. It's probably not a binary thing either where it's like black or white. If it's, oh, you either have it or you don't. Again, there's going to be levels to it. Again, if you have a little bit of hunger, you're fine. But if you have if you're mostly motivated, but you have a little bit of, it's just more laziness, not laziness, but just, man, that's going to be hard. That's a different conversation that, that we're going to have. I do think it's, it's partly you understanding what's actually going on, but also in, in not thinking that everything's going to be perfect, but uh, just seeing where you're at on the spectrum of this, right? Something like your regular menstrual cycle, that's probably something that you want to make sure is fairly solid before you jump back in. But all these other ones, I feel like they don't necessarily have to be to their max. They just, you want to make sure that they're a lot better. Now, if they're not all the way up to their max, then you would have to imagine that you might have a little less runway in this fat loss phase moving forward. So keep that in mind. It's one of those things where if you want to go a little bit longer, you probably are going to have to take a little bit time, a little bit more time off in between. So I guess now we're just to give you some numbers in terms of what this would actually look like. So say you diet it for 16 weeks, you'd want to make sure that you do at least that much at maintenance or about half of it, right? I wouldn't go much less, like I wouldn't do like a fourth of that. So for example, if you do 16 weeks, I would say anywhere from eight to 16 weeks being at maintenance is a good rule of thumb there, right? For some of this to happen. Now, the more aggressive the fat loss diet is, the more weight you lose, that this this number might have to be a little bit longer um, than that. But a good rule of thumb is about the same amount or like 50% and and you should be good to go. If you did 16 weeks, once you get around to that eight week mark, that might be a period of time when you start to push it a little bit more there on that. I don't think there's no, let's put it this way. There would be no downside to spending longer time at maintenance other than it just would take you a little bit longer to get to your ultimate fat loss goal. But again, you have to think about if you don't do it that way, where you just rush back into it, you still might it still might take you just as long, if not longer to get there, because you're going to be, it's going to be like banging your head against the wall, right? Your body's just not going to be as receptive to fat loss. So again, you just have to weigh the pros and cons of it and which approach you go to, but those would be the signs that I would look at there to get back to a fat loss phase. All right. So my next question is a six day push pull leg split with 16 sets per day, too much volume. And I wanted to hit on this question because I just think that I just want to go over it's really tough to to figure out like what is the right amount of volume for somebody. And it's tough to be like, is that too much training volume? Volume is very individual and somewhat based on how you train. So this, the 16 sets per day, you also need to look at, is it per muscle group? Is it per, is it everything that you're doing? Because if it's for everything that you're doing, say, so it's a push day, you're doing triceps, some shoulders and chest, you divide 16 by three. And we're looking at that's what, maybe five sets per muscle group, that's totally fine, right? Now, if it's 16 sets for just chest, 60, that's going to be a different conversation, right? So first you need to figure out what does that 16 sets go to? Is it per muscle group or is it or is it just 
overall for that day because again that's going to be make a that's going to play a big role there in that but again i still want to let you know that like volume is still very individual so it just depends on how you train and whatnot and we'll, and we'll dive into that but if you were to break this down so push pull legs you do push twice a week and say let's say it's this is total sets per day so it's about five sets per for your chest for your shoulders for your triceps you take that out, you, you zoom out, that's 10 sets for your triceps a week. That's 10 sets for your chest per week. That's going to fall within that range that we talk about as a generally good amount of sets. It's going to fall right there, right? Six, five to 20 sets per week, six to 20 sets per week per muscle group is a good kind of rule of thumb there. You're going to hit each muscle group twice per week um, there on that. Now let's, so that's going to have you, that's going to get you within that range that we talk about there at that point. Now, again, if we're talking 16 sets for just chest, then it's okay. Now you're looking at 16, 16, that's 32. That could be, a that is going to fall a little bit higher on that range. So again, I think that's the first thing that we need to look at here is are we talking per muscle group or per day? So just a few things here with failure. The closer you get to failure, the lower your volume will likely be in most cases. Again, not all the time. You still might have to adjust that, but just realize a further way you stay from failure, you probably are going to have to do a little bit more volume to make up for that. So how I would go about finding out if volume that you're doing is too much is is if you aren't progressing. If you're having a really hard time progressing from week, not necessarily week to week, but over time, like you just, your, your numbers aren't going up in any way probably a good sign that you might be doing too much volume. And again, you have to remember too, this volume is contingent on what your recovery looks like, right? That's going to play a role. If your recovery is on point, it's like sleep's on point, nutrition is super solid. That's going to be different than, okay, hey, I'm sleeping four hours a night. Uh, I'm getting like 20 grams of protein a day. I'm eating uh, my nutrition's all over the places. That is going to really limit how much volume you can do. So it would be looking at that. Are you feeling super beat up when you do this this amount of volume, right? If you're always feeling beat up again, probably a sign that recovery is off and you're just doing too much volume for your current recovery capacity. Your motivation super low, right? If you don't see yourself sticking with that many sets, that might be a sign that you are doing too much. And if you're just generally feeling run down outside of training, but also during, again, a sign that you're doing too much volume. Do you also find that you are losing focus at the end of your training sessions, right? If that's the case, you might be doing too much volume. And I think really, unfortunately, with all this, there's going to be a little bit of trial and error to figure out what's going on here and what that looks like for you. And to make matters even worse and more complicated is that it's also probably going to be dependent on the particular muscle group that you're training, right? So you might find that some muscle groups can handle a little bit more volume or a little less volume than others. So again, this is just going to come down to some trial and error, but those are some things that to ask yourself in terms of, am I doing too much volume? Am I not doing enough, et cetera? But this was taken more from, are you doing too much training volume? Really seeing how you feel and how you respond is, is going to be the, the biggest thing there at that point. So hopefully that was helpful. Let me know if you have any questions on that. And then I did have a few questions on my training. So I made a post, let's see when this comes out, not this past week, but the week before, I think the, it was on, let's see, the, let me see the date that I would have posted this either July 26th or July 27th. So if you want to look back, I made a post on what my training currently looks like. And so I just had a few questions off of that I want to uh, go over here. So I, I wrote down how many sets I did. So I put, so for like upper back, I put five sets. It, the numbers don't exactly matter, right? I put six sets for biceps, 10 sets for so-and-so uh, muscle group, right? And so somebody asked, so I'm trying to understand. So when you say five sets per week, do you mean five working sets? You're doing warm-up sets and the last set is to failure for one exercise or are you doing five different back exercises and five working sets of each? I hope I explained it right. And so how I had it put down was, 
okay, so it was five working sets, right? So if I said five sets, it was five working sets. And those were taken within anywhere, it just depended on the week, anywhere from zero to three RIR, right? So they weren't warm-up sets. Those do not include my warm-up sets. And so this is... I think this is a good one to answer because I feel like it can give you an idea of what to count your volume, like what you need, what to count your volume for. And then he also asked again, so it's not the warm up sets are not included in that. And the last set isn't necessarily to failure. It's just, it's whatever the assigned RAR is for that um, day. And again, this is going to change based on what week of training we're in, right? Beginning of a training cycle, we're probably going to be a little bit further away from failure as we get further into the fate, the training cycle, it's, we're going to get closer to failure. And then he also asked, or are you doing five different back exercises and five working sets of each? And again, that's not the case. It's five total sets. So it's usually within that's two, two exercise. So if I said upper back for five sets, that, that means two, two set, uh, two exercises. And then those are split up between either three or two. It just depends on which one gets a little bit extra volume. So it's not five different exercises and five working sets of each. It's five total sets for the week, right? So this may look like upper back pull down and upper back uh, T-bar row, right? Do two sets of upper back pull down and then three sets of the uh, T-bar uh, row. So that's what I, that's the amount there. And that's what I meant by that. So again, if you have any questions on that, let me know. So next, uh, have you lowered your sets from when you were massing or are you trying to maintain the amount of sets you were doing? From a baseline standpoint, the sets are the same. The only thing that might change from, because I'm in a fat loss phase versus in my building phases, the only thing that might change is, you know, Brian might just program a little less like intensity technique type stuff thrown at the end, right? It might be less like mile rep sets slash rest pause sets. It might be less like partial sets, things like that. They're... But from a baseline standpoint, the volume's the same. The only thing that might slightly change is we might just do a little less like intensity technique additions towards the end of a, a training phase. But otherwise, volume stays the same. There's no good research that says, oh, you need to do more or do less based on if you're at a in a building phase or, or well, when you're in a surplus at maintenance or if you're at a deficit. There's no research that says you need to what you need to do. My general thought on this is you should train the same throughout um, and focus on like you are going to go in and build muscle and that will take care of it, right? Um, Because at that point, it's like the likelihood of you losing anything ever is slim to none. And then obviously when you're um, at maintenance or a small surplus, you're going to be able to really progress. And and again, you would just use biofeedback there at that point. If you're in a surplus, you might be able to do a little bit more volume, but I really don't think it should drastically change depending on what phase you're in. But I do think you'll be able to push yourself a little bit more when you have a little bit more food, obviously. And so the next question was, no, no specific leg day. Why do you use this strategy? So there is no like specific leg day, right? Where it's, I'm only doing legs again, go check out my post to see what my split looks like. But basically it's four days and there, there is no like specific leg day for it. Okay. And so the big, just some reasons for me specifically is that my legs are a strong point for me. Okay. They really don't need a lot of volume so I can get away with less volume. So that's the first thing that's really driving this in terms of, I don't, have to dedicate one full day to leg training because I just don't need that amount of volume for them to grow. And so we have that, and I want to prioritize my upper body, right? So you have this double whammy where it's like, I already want to allocate more of my volume to my upper body because that's what I want to grow, but I also don't need as much volume for my lower body. So you could see if this was the amount that I need for legs goes down, the amount that I would want to do for upper body goes up. So there's that. And so it just comes down to preferences and just knowing my body and knowing what, what is more responsive to, to growth and, and whatnot, muscle growth. Now, what I will say on this for 
most clients on their lower body days, I'm still throwing in a little upper body. Okay. For example, we'll call leg day the days that they, that the first movement they do is leg stuff and it's predominantly legs, right? So if it's a four day split, it may look like an upper, then a lower. And that first lower is probably going to be more like quad focus. Then we'll do an upper and then you'll do a lower. And that second lower will be like posterior chain focused hamstrings. And on those days, just because it's going to be hard to fit all your upper body in on one day, what you can do here is you can start to throw in some other muscle groups on your uh, lower body days, right? So then that way you can fit that volume in and you're not like, oh, today's just a leg day. So I can only do legs. I can't do upper body. Like we need to be careful with those like kind of constraints that we put ourselves or put on ourselves when it comes to programming. There's nothing wrong with throwing a little upper body. If you can fit it in and like that muscle group isn't sore, there's nothing wrong with throwing that, that upper body in on that lower body. So that's typically how I'll do that. I want it to go over real quick, my thoughts here on like a training split and whatnot. With that kind of thought, with that thought process out of the way here, uh, I, I just, I had this thought after this person asked this question and I just wanted to share it with you guys. It's, there's no magic to the exact training split that you do. Okay. And I totally understand like why people put a lot of stock into it. Like I used to put a lot of stock into it. Like I'd be on bodybuilding.com always looking for the next training split. Oh, this is going to be the one that's going to get me to build muscle. And oh, do you need to do push pull legs? Do you need to do full body? Do you need to do upper lower splits? There's so many splits out there. And really what they do is they can help you get your training organized, right? They can get you a good foundation and they get it organized. That's where these splits really can be helpful, right? Because if it's like you're going to go train six days a week, it's what the hell do I do? I'm training six days a week. Well, push pull legs is a great way to split that volume up and make sure that you have that foundation in your training and, and whatnot there. But people take that too far and think that there's this magic to like training certain muscle groups with each other on certain days. And like this combination is there's this like magic formula to it. And it's really not it, right? The, the main goal of your training split is to allow you to do enough high quality work for the target muscles and to be able to recover from that. So you can push whatever muscle group you're training for that day. And this is what allows you to progress over time, right? So you could see where if your training, like the, the training split is there. So it, it's designed so that you can push certain muscle groups recover from that and then be able to push those muscle groups again another day. So then that way that you can progress, right? Because a poor training split would not take that into consideration. It would just have you training like something every single day to failure all the time, right? What's going to happen when you do that is say you're doing your chest every day and you really push it to failure or you train it when it's not recovered, you're not going to be able to push it and you're not going to be able to progress over time, right? Your chest is just going to be trying to catch up to to just recover, right? So you're just always going to be recovering. You're not actually going to be adapting, right? So again, the main goal of a training split is to have it set up to where it's like you train these muscle groups when they're fresh and you can actually push them. So this is where, again, it's like maybe you throw in some biceps at the end of a uh, lower body day. Maybe you throw in some delts on the end of a lower body day, right? So again, with the training, like you just want to have it set up to where whatever muscle groups you were training that day, they're recovered and ready to go. And this is going to look different from person to person and how they recover, right? And all those things. So my rule of thumb for those wanting to get a good foundation with their training for muscle growth, if you don't want, if you want to make your own program and you don't want to follow this traditional push pull legs, hey, you have to do upper lower, hey, you have to do chest this day. Here's how you can do it. You, you want to hit each muscle group two times per week. So if you're looking at your training, this is a foundation, right? Over time, you can adjust this, but just to get a good foundation, hit each muscle group two times per week. So you look at your program and it's like, all right, I hit quads on Monday and then Thursday, right? Okay, cool. Check mark on quads. They're good to go. 
You want to probably hit about five to 12 sets per week per muscle group to start. That's going to be a good starting point. Again, from there, you can start to add volume, take away whatever you need to. And then you want to train the target muscle group within zero to three reps in reserve most of the time. So so training should be relatively challenging every time you do it, right? You just don't want it to be super easy. From there, see how you're recovering and progressing and adjust over time. So again, that's the magic with certain training splits and whatnot. It's not, just be careful with following these hard rules uh, with, it. oh, you're not doing, why don't you just have one day where you just do legs? Cause I don't need to do that. It's, it just, it, it doesn't work out. It doesn't have to be that way. It can really be how you want it. So long as you, again, the muscle group you're training is not super sore and fatigued from whatever you did the last couple of days. So hopefully that makes sense and answered some questions on my training and what's going on there with that. Again, if you want to see that post, I posted it last Thursday. At this point, when this episode comes out, it'll be not last Thursday, but the Thursday before or Wednesday. So either the 26th or the 27th of July was when I posted that. So that's it for this episode, guys. I will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.